grab your popcorn or other snackies because we're going to sit down and talk all about kink in the media. We're talking TV. We're talking movies. Books. Books. What other media is there? Um, magazine articles. <laughs> Do we talk about any of those? Online forums. <laughs> fan fiction. We do talk about fan fiction. Just, oh yeah. I Just make sure up. you have your snacks and uh, buckle up. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> buckle into your 4D movie experience. We're oh. about to take a face first dive into Face first? Face first. <laughs> I said faced. Oh my god. <laughs> Heckle All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Let's dive in. Faced first. <laughs> Jerk. Hello, and welcome to the K's for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Before we get into today's topic, let me ask you, Miss Jen, a very important question so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. How does that sound? Oh, God, I'm terrified. All right, here we go. What do you think about mint chip ice cream? I like mint chip ice cream. It's lovely. Is it better than banana? It's minty and chocolatey. Is it better than banana ice cream? Is there anything in the banana ice cream? Well, it's just... Like chocolate chips? You could add it. You could add... Yeah, I'll let you add chocolate chips to your banana ice cream. Actually, I would like both of those things equally. Together? No. Wow. What's wrong with you? Well, you you didn't define it, so... (laughs) God. Make me feel like a monster. Get out. So, we want to talk... Hi, (laughs) Eden. Hi, Miss Jen. Okay, go. We want to talk today about the impact um, that vanilla culture media representation has had on how kink is seen in general by vanilla people and by kinksters. Um, We kind of want to talk about this media media representation um, impacting everything about kink and also kind of reinforcing certain stereotypes and whether it is positive, negative, or a mixture of both that we are starting to see more kink representation. Um, we have already had some videos that we've, we've done on our YouTube channel, which I think are pretty okay. Under they're, the same name, just in case you want to check those out. Okay, it's for kinky. Um, but they're, the videos are about, uh, you know, like Fifty Shades of Grey and like reviewing a lot of adult cartoons because I am obsessed with adult cartoons and it was a way I for me not. to coerce her to watch them with mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, and we are going to probably do another review soon on some recent media that's been made, but today we're going to talk on the podcast generically about how we feel things are going with media representation for kinksters. They never get it right. Well, end of podcast episode. (laughs) It's never good representation. I think it's never accurate representation. Uh, I think there are better examples of representation than others and i think without doubt we can all agree that there have been some harmful harmful pieces of representation in the vanilla culture and media that have done either equal amounts of damage and good or have just done damage um here's the problem okay tell me the problem the problem is the stuff that would represent the reality of kink and power exchange and all that fun stuff is not as exciting 
<laughs> as the other stuff that is shown. Now, granted, there's, the problem is also like perpetuating stereotypes and whatever. <clears throat> but I think that even the ones that are close, like even the ones that are like. C- what? The raking. Oh, do you think that's going to pick up? I don't know. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. If you hear raking, there's raking. Um, <laughs> sorry. Raking me over the coals <laughs> for interrupting you. But yeah, even the the movies, the TV shows, anything that you see that comes close, like where I get excited and I'm like, oh, they actually like looked at this from a positive lens and, you know, they they didn't, you know do horrible things well let me rephrase that they didn't represent us in horrible ways (laughs) um there's still the pieces where you go yeah but they didn't show you know that there was a negotiation even if we want to assume there was it's not shown and so for people who aren't in the scene they might not realize that it was probably done behind closed doors or what you know so to so to speak i mean what you're talking about is the crime of omission it's simply not letting people know how the magic trick was performed basically and i mean i mean actually in you know real magic you're not supposed to know but in kink it's really important that we are transparent about how we get from point a to point z because the difference between abuse is all the things between point a and point z but the pieces that make it oh there's no way we can there's no way that the siren's gonna not get picked up Oh my god. We'll just that wait until the thing goes by. Hi, my, my name is Aiden, and I'm waiting for the fire truck to go by. What the hell was that? Was? I don't know. I thought I'd experiment <laughs> since we're probably going to cut it out. How does it sound? Like an old person? I don't know. It doesn't like really an, sound like an old person. It sounds like it sounds my old like person's voice. Old, it sounds like an old huh. toad grandma. From a cartoon. <laughs> okay, let's keep moving back into the topic. But my, my point is that it's the pieces that to us would feel more realistic that are that are not shown or cut or just not even put in or thought to be put in because they are the more quote unquote boring pieces. They don't they're not gonna keep an audience or a reader or whatever. Um if they're spending the amount of time that we actually do on things like education and negotiation and communication, screw you motorcycle. I'm on a roll. <laughs> There's too many. Noise. We opened the windows cause it was really hot and it's like every noise in the world. <laughs> so I didn't come in right now and I'm hoping that y'all can't hear it, but we can anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that's why. And I get that. I understand why those things are left out. Because you're, again, you're not going to keep an audience with those things in. People who are mainstream are not going to be interested in those pieces. And trust me, I mean, we've we've joked with friends who have been like, you two should do a reality show. And it sounds great to think about doing a that. a lot of burping and farting. No, really. <sighs> Yes, there would be there would be funny stuff. There would be DS. There would be, you know, protocol. There would be ritual. Like you would see those pieces, but you would also see just the day to day two people living their fucking life. And it's those are the pieces that the editors would be like, 
all right, we're going to cut this shit out, you know? And like, if we're negotiating something or if we're teaching a class, like, it's just, I don't know. So I think you're onto something when it comes to what you just brought up, because yeah, it's true. The stuff when it comes to like heavily discussing consent negotiation and contracts, there's really no way to put that into something like narratively without it being a little bit boring or clunky. But I think that while you're giving that really great observation, it's also a little bit of an out. And here's why I think that I don't necessarily know that that's not why we see more healthy, um, like negotiation practices or more healthy views and conversations about consent in media for kink. I think it's because the vanilla population doesn't even know that we do those things. I think there are two major problems with the way that kink is generally speaking presented by vanilla people for vanilla people. Because again, we don't often have kinksters who are really genuinely members of this lifestyle who have practiced it for a while and know the ins and outs. We don't usually have kinksters making media for kinksters. And sometimes you might have a kinkster making media for vanilla people, right? Because that's where the larger market is, hypothetically speaking. But we usually, the biggest things that hit mainstream culture are by vanilla people for vanilla people. So here are the two big issues that I I feel sum up the problem with kink in vanilla media. One, vanilla people don't understand that kink is not abusive. They don't understand that kink is not a problem, not a deficit, not subversive, and not a perversion. Vanilla people still think of kink as all of those things. At the very positive end of stereotypes for kink, vanilla people might think that kink is like sexually freeing or like sexually adventurous. Um, But beyond that, kink is just seen as this kind of dirty thing that you hide on your browser that you hope your boss doesn't find out you were looking at. You know, like (laughs) kink is not something that people in the vanilla world even realize can be a lifestyle you know they just don't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't pop into their mind so we never see that represented because it's not a reality to them to them kink is you know vampires in a castle with whips and sex and probably a lot of consent violation the second biggest issue with kink representation by vanilla people Um, is that vanilla culture does not have a very good idea of what healthy relationships even look like. Like this this idea that it's okay to have to fix somebody, you see it a lot with like heterosexual couples on TV where like the woman is trying to fix the man or like abuse, possessive behavior, jealousy, and stalking are all traits of romance. Like these are fundamental issues with romantic depiction in media. So when you combine the vanilla cultural viewpoint that it's okay to be super super jealous when your partner talks to somebody of the same gender as you or whatever you know like again making it heteronormative like the woman always gets jealous when her husband talks to another woman like this is seen as normal so it's really often that we see abusive stereotypes represented in the kink depiction and vanilla people romanticize the abuse and don't even see that as the issue Kinksters, meanwhile, are capable of engaging in abuse, and I'm sure that there's many people who do, but we have constant conversation about the difference between abuse and healthy relationship because we are dealing with the like raw chemical pieces of what that can look like. We are constructing dynamics and doing scenes and doing things where the line between abuse and, you know, things being okay is 
thin and completely defined by consent. Those are the two biggest issues that I, I feel. Say, because on paper, you could have an abusive situation and a healthy kink situation. And on paper, they might look the same in terms of what the behaviors are. But that is the big difference is the consent piece and the negotiation and the, you know, all of that. Right. And in a, for vanilla people, I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm speaking very generally, but my opinion of the vanilla culture is that very, very few people are having constant conversation about healthy relationship practices, healthy communication practices, the boundaries between consent and, vi- and, and, and violation. Like, you know, there are people out there who still think that if you're married to somebody, they can't rape you. You know, these are things that the vanilla culture holds dear to its heart in terms of relationship like structures and norms. So it makes sense that when people in the vanilla world are depicting kinksters, the best and most positive representation that they give of us is romantic abuse because they don't see a difference between kink and abuse. And the only way to make it appealing to a vanilla audience is to make it super romantic because then that makes it okay to consume. And that's how we get Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, and that it perpetuates that stereotype. That's how we get Fifty Shades of, 50 shades of exactly. Grey. You know, so, and that, that is, again, around I think. and around we go. Yeah. I think those two things are the biggest actual problems. And then, of course, the third problem that I mentioned without labeling it directly is just that we really don't have media being produced by kinksters that is realistic and not pandering to the vanilla audience so we're not really representing ourselves we're still that sideshow that makes people money because it's it's consumable well and have you noticed that even when people do media do whatever it's usually that that is more based in realism it's usually one documentary style but two it's always what i have seen at least is about the pro world, right? It's like documentary pieces or research pieces where they interview or look, you know, a day in the life of, (laughs) okay, Echo, a professional whatever, right? Usually professional dom, that kind of thing. I'm also wondering if the reason that there is a focus on pro doms, now that you bring that up, is twofold. One why would somebody ever want to actually engage in kink willingly unless they're making money for it, right? So maybe there's this connection of like, oh, they're making money and like vanilla people see the motivation from that. But it could also be that pro-doms are the link between the vanilla world and the kink world because vanilla people who call themselves vanilla might occasionally visit a pro-dom or like if they're going to be in the scene but they don't want to be a part of it, who do they go to? The pro dom. The pro dom is like this wonderful messenger or bridge <laughs> between vanilla people and kink. So it makes sense that the vanilla world is obsessed with pro dom work. They, they might people in the vanilla culture might be shocked to discover that there are so many active, healthy, happy participants in BDSM and kink who are not pros at all. Well, shit. How many of our listeners, like, hey, listeners, tell us if you coming into this world were shocked by the fact that there is a whole world of people like you, that there are pe- that it's not just a pro world, that it was, I, I think, I've heard that story a lot from people where they come from, you know, vanilla land and they're like, I have these things and I, I feel like maybe I'm weird or whatever. And they slowly figure out like, oh, there's this whole world here. You know, how how many people come in and it's like they're not they are at, at their core. They are kingsters. They just didn't know 
that this world exists with other normal people, right? Quote, unquote, normal people, because I don't know what's normal anymore, but (laughs) that enjoy these things and partake in these types of dynamics and, you know, lifestyles. So, yeah, I mean, I also want to talk about something that I feel is really like heavily behind a lot of the emotion and the turmoil in shows that do surround kink that are by vanilla people basically which is fear there's a lot of fear that i feel culture has in general the vanilla culture in the united states specifically i want to be clear about what culture i'm talking about there is a fear of sexuality and of confronting and being aware of your sexuality of being explorative with your sexuality there is basically only a certain set of acceptable or normal sexual behaviors um and anything that starts to go outside of that is kinkier and kinkier and kinkier so like what i mean by that is people expect that people who are husband and wife will have missionary sex at least once to produce offspring like that is like the bare (laughs) minimum you know now that we're more liberal we just assume that there's a lot of sex going on potentially in multiple positions but once you start going into different positions (laughs) Now it's getting a little kinkier. If you're into anal sex, that's a little kinky, right? Like, this is what I mean. Is like, that still considered kinky? I think it's still considered a bit kinky and taboo for some people. And this is what I mean. There is still a lot of taboo surrounding very basic and common sexual activities. And then when you move that into, I'm a man and I want to be pegged, now for sure you're in kinky territory. Even though I don't know that that's actually fair to say, I'm saying that the perception probably woman. is that. Oh, yeah, by a woman, and now oh, either way, you're either gay or you're See, kinky. that gets into the whole, like, well, does that make all gay men kinky? No. Well, anyway, this is what I mean. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm not just, a, I'm going off. I'm <laughs> saying what I feel and have perceived is the norm or the pressure or taboo in vanilla culture. I'm not saying I believe these things. No, I know. I, I want to clarify that for yeah. the listener. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying that in a culture where even anal sex, regardless of gender or who's giving or receiving – even when that is considered a little taboo and kinky, there has got to be so much terror when people approach the concept of BDSM. Because BDSM goes right past those things that are within the realm of easy thought. Quote unquote acceptable. Yeah. And we go into, I like to be hit and I don't even need to get off. I just like to be hit. And that makes me feel good. That concept is terrifying. (laughs) The idea that pleasure can be derived from physical impact or from masochism or sadism and that it can be tied to sex scares people. And the thought that it can't be scares them more because if it's not tied to sex, then where does that need or that desire come from? Well, that's why we're all traumatized, uh, you know, riddled with mental health problems, weirdos. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. I think people are inherently afraid of their base (sighs) instincts and their desires, be they sexual or not. I think sexual is something that a lot of people can connect with because a lot of people have sexual drives and people don't. But then again, it's also in the vanilla culture. If you don't have a sexual drive, you you're weird, right? Like the, the vanilla culture is weirdly obsessed with sex and also terrified of it and terrified of, anything that deviates from sexual norm so you see that trope a lot too because again you that's how you know that it's being written by vanilla people for vanilla people there's not compassion empathy or even understanding for why somebody would want to do something there's always 
there, there always has to be pointing and laughing at somebody for being a freak or fear of somebody or somebody has to be a villain because they like something. They can't just be a normal person who likes to hit somebody else because that would be unthinkable, right? Um, I was just talking to another kinkster who is a writer who is doing the good work by actually writing a book series that is by kinks, a kinkster for other kinksters that doesn't paint a pro-dom as a monster or that doesn't make fun of a male submissive for being a male submissive that actually allows those two people to be people and actually I would say glorifies in some ways their experiences as not necessarily normal but as beautiful and cosmic. And that is representation that we desperately deserve but that we will never get from the vanilla culture because the vanilla culture doesn't even understand its own fears and its own needs and its own problems. Well, they just the project them onto us. If they, if, if vanilla creators can't get past the surface level representation of what kink and BDSM is, they will never get to what is actual. Really echo. This is the time to sharpen your nails. Okay. <laughs> They will never get to the depths of kink and BDSM, the the really the, the undertones, the connection, like the real reason why kinksters do what we do. It's not just I want to hit you with a bunch of stuff. Like that's ultimately not what it's about. I mean, know? maybe for well, some people, maybe, but... but like it's it's about those maybe being part of you know hitting you with stuff is fun but underneath that is the real reason the connection the energy exchange you know the the creating and i know this is going to sound weird if you are from the vanilla world but creating a safe space for these actions to to occur and i'm just talking about play right now but you know it's unfortunate that the vanilla world can't scratch the surface enough to actually get into the depths of it because that's where a lot of the beauty is. Yeah. I mean, I think what I, what I like most about kink personally is exploring people's minds, souls, fears, and desires. I think that those things and exploring my own, by the way, like I feel so vulnerable when I'm in scenes and I can explore aspects of myself and experience the heights of what my body can feel because I'm in a scene. And to me, that's spiritual work. I see my own way of practicing kink as extremely spiritual and connecting. And I, I did not get to have this level of connection and experience anywhere in the vanilla world with the, maybe the exception of like acting and theater. And even then I didn't get the same amount of this that I wanted. I really feel like there's no comparison really. And I think the reason that people are so obsessed with sex too is that it's one of the few times humans give each other permission to act more primal or to be more physical. But imagine if you could do that more all the time. And that's like how, what I would pose to vanilla listeners to the vanilla world in general is imagine that intimacy isn't only defined or confined by sex and that there are other ways to get intimacy that are valid and that you can explore through various means. Imagine if you are a vanilla person who loves football because you love the impact and everything about it. Football, you said? Football, yeah. Imagine that football, that feeling of adrenaline, can happen in a scene. You know, I always it always blows my mind that vanilla people don't understand that the obsession with football, with wrestling, and with pain is a form of voyeuristic masochism and sadism. Or that people who are doing football at least have to have a high tolerance for pain and impact. 
if if not a pleasure in doing it. AKA, if you're a sports fan, you're a sadist. Possibly. You know, I think <laughs> humans are just really afraid of these components, you know. But um, moving along to be a little, to, to, to get the topic back on track of this media thing, oh, one yeah. of the most <laughs> impactful and huge things that has happened to the vanilla world and the kink world recently, and I say recently as in within the last 20 years at this point because, you know, it's been a while, but – Fifty Shades of Grey. We cannot talk about media representation for kinksters without bringing up Fifty Shades of Grey because it was huge and it has done some good. And I also think it's unbelievably harmful. Um, another one is The Secretary, which I'm so glad I got to watch that when we were reviewing it because I feel like The Secretary, while it has also been guilty of some harmful stereotypes, actually examined the relationship between two people was it super unhealthy toxic and questionable yeah i would have preferred the secretary had slightly more positive representation but i feel like that movie was very beautiful it was very profound and it was at least presented by somebody who understood the appeal and the struggle and the struggle yeah the struggle and the appeal of what it what 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 kink can offer the internalized Um, kink phobia is that a thing yeah, right. I, I I suspect that whoever wrote Secretary I mean, not good that it exists. Yeah, but. I think that whoever wrote Secretary or like wh- whoever participated in that somebody was probably a kinkster in the closet. Let's talk about Fifty Shades for a hot second. You know, it, I mean, hot take on Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> what are the positives? What has Fifty Shades of Grey done that has been helpful? What's the good stuff? Are you asking me? Yeah. Um, I mean, one, it it put kink and power exchange and bdsm it put it because it became so popular it put it more out there in front of people in front of mainstream and in a way that (sighs) was titillating right in a way that was i mean the the whole joke around that was like all the quote-unquote vanilla housewives sitting you know getting into bed and swarming in their seats yeah uh, if you haven't it. heard it movies too, that's right. If you haven't heard uh, Gilbert Gottfried read aloud some excerpts from Fifty Shades of Grey, you should look it up on YouTube right now. I'm it's so gonna sorry. make it's gonna make your whole day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it was good in that it was some exposure. Now, whether it was good exposure or not, it was exposure, and it was it was at least received by many as exciting. It was it was an awakening for some people too. We don't know well, how many people. Well, that's what I was getting to next. Yeah. Was that the other positive there is that it did reach some people who maybe you know read it or or I guess watched. The, I keep forgetting it was movies. Watch the movies. Um, oh, there were movies. I know. <laughs> I just keep thinking about the books, but who read it or watched the movies and went, huh? That scene caused some you know tickles feeling in my bathing suit parts wow i don't know if you could have said that in the like creepier way like oh my god Uh, but no i mean they might have made some connections there that they were like huh i might be interested in this right and hopefully because this is this was also a major fear in the kink community when this all came out hopefully they looked at that and went okay i'm gonna start to look into this i'm gonna start researching this i'm gonna start to go out into the community and get education right that's the hope now the fear around it was they're not going to do that they're going to think that they can just go buy some some rope and 
like do shit without actually learning how to do it and people are going to get hurt, right? That was a big fear. But you're asking for positives. I think it did. It was an awakening for some people. Um, also, on a, uh, you know, it, I won't say why I know this, but it was also a way for people, for kingsters and their vanilla people in their life to come out to them. Right. So there was a point of reference that was suddenly available. Yeah. Kingsters could say, you know, hey, that book you're reading or, you know, the movie that just came out, you know, Fifty Shades or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually in that world and I wanted to tell you that because you really liked the movie or yeah. you whatever. Know, I, to, to put that in another way, it kind of um, held up a mirror to the vanilla world and said, look you can see some of yourself in kink and BDSM, you know? And I think that is why it became a way for people to come out to their vanilla friends and family, because suddenly the vanilla friends and family didn't think it was totally taboo or totally off the table to do kink because they themselves just enjoyed reading about it and suddenly had something in common that they didn't even know they had because they had never been exposed to it or invited to imagine a kinky scenario where they could be, you know, happy about it, you know? Um, so I like that. I like that part about making kink accessible and making kink appealing, but, um, it, it, it really is the last positive, positive thing I can even think of to say about 50 shades of gray. Um, because the person who wrote it is not a kinkster. The person who wrote it wrote it as fan fiction. The person who wrote it based it off of Edward and Bella from Twilight and their relationship, which was inherently extremely, extremely concerning. I mean, he was stalking her. He was possessive. It was Twilight was the exact perfect example of why the vanilla culture should not be allowed to write romances because there is this there that's a really harsh statement but i'm saying there is it <laughs> yeah, was, was pretty pretty big statement that's not really fair i'm sorry it's more so i'm sorry i really don't like this i do not like the romanticization of abuse unless it is self-aware if you are going to write a self-aware story or if you're writing porn and you're just suspending disbelief for a second so people can get their rocks off those are the, really the only two times that i feel like you can get away with writing abusive romantic situations but if you are romanticizing abuse and you don't even know you're doing it because you don't even realize it's damaging or unhealthy and you think that's the norm you tell everybody who reads that story or comes into contact with that story through tv and, and movies that it's normal you know it would be a good representation what the adams family <laughs> yes good they, they're already good king representation they're basically that's honorary what I'm that's what I'm but saying. the point is 50 shades was harmful not necessarily to kinksters but to vanilla people who were in abusive situations and it was probably harmful for people who were coming into kink or exploring kink because they might very well have been going out there looking for christian gray or looking for anastasia and the problem with that is that christian was a stalker he was physically abusive and emotionally manipulative. He was emotionally absent and came from abuse, which is another stereotype. He, he, it was all bad. There was really nothing good about that. They it was an ex sushi. They yes. But <laughs> in, in the movie, they had sushi served to them and didn't touch a single well, piece. I was going to say, if you can watch our full reviews of Fifty Shades along with Secretary, if you go to our YouTube channel and you'll understand. There that are early videos, by the way. So enjoy the audio and visual yeah, on that. Um, but the point is like, 
I am very worried about the number of people who accepted abuse as normal in their life or who sought out abuse thinking that that was love or that that was kink. And I really am concerned about people who became abusers and justified it by saying, I'm just like Christian Grey. Yeah, that was another big fear around these books and movies coming out was, oh God, are people going to be like, oh, this is a thing I'm interested in, come into the scene without educating themselves get picked up by you know an abuser an abuser predator who's like i'm just this is a newbie who's here because they got excited from 50 shades so i'm gonna be their christian gray i don't have a helicopter or any money but i'm gonna you know represent this this you know idea and lure them in that way well let's not just talk hypothetical let's actually look at the real world impact right now No, no 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 i'm gonna interrupt you Today's interruption is today's interruption. I'm going to interrupt you on the interruption because we're not going to plug ourselves right now. (laughs) Instead, we want to give a shout out. The first time we have given a shout out, I think, on the podcast, Um, we have a dear friend and listener, Tussled. Tussled started writing these like cheeky reviews um after our podcasts and they're hilarious um they're they're very talented in the writing and uh we we started posting them uh on the social medias because they're outstanding so we wanted to give a little shout out to tussled because we absolutely adore these notes and if you want to adore them with us go ahead and follow us on our um, instagram in particular which is k is for kinky you will undoubtedly laugh if you definitely if you've seen the episodes that are being referenced because this is a pretty valid review um (laughs) and you can also find them on discord back to the regularly scheduled show why are you whispering i was trying to get you to say it i (laughs) don't but now it's asmr God, I hate ASMR. (laughs) In conjunction with media representation essentially booming over the last 20 years and getting more and more proliferous as time goes on, you know, leading up to now we're doing, you know, home remake shows with somebody who's sort of a little kinky who like combines everything with sex. I mean, we don't know how how kinky. I think she's she probably a little kinky. We'll talk. No, I do too, but yes. I think she might be more than a little. Yeah, we don't really know for sure, but the point is, <laughs> we're now actually starting to get a lot of interesting kink representation, but combining that with the technological boom, kink is more accessible than it ever was before, and we are actually seeing an influx of people coming into the community constantly. My dominant runs something called Club Awakening, which is specifically aimed at newbies and also ran a 101 class for like eight years or something like that, thinking it must only last for about a year. And what she discovered... Oh, no, I I gave it a few months. What she discovered, (laughs) what Ms. Jen discovered is that there is an endless supply of newbies because there is a rotating door of people who come in, experience it, and leave. Some stay... I would probably guess, total guess, I have no factual numbers on this, but I'm guessing that one out of every five people who come through that rotating door, quote unquote, take a class or go to a party, one out of every five is going to stay and become an active community member. The others are just there to consume or to observe or to spectate, period. 
and they're not going to come back. Or just decide it's not for them at all. Yeah. Or just come back just for funsies once in a while. Exactly. And, that kind of and that's yeah. what's interesting is that I don't really know if before Fifty Shades and before the technology boom, there was a consumer audience for kink. I would argue the only consumers would have been people who were going to pros. And many of those consumers, many people who see pros are very kinky. But they're either unable or unwilling to be public in the scene. But if you are paying hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars to do scenes with a pro, chances are you are very kinky and you, for whatever reason, are choosing that route. But what I'm talking about from a consumer population for kink are people who might enjoy kink to a degree but are not oriented as kinksters. They, I, I like to call them like visitors, spectators, or consumers because – they're really just there for the party. They're down They're down to clown. You know, They, they want to figure out if this is for them. And even if it's not, they might meet somebody interesting and it could lead to some good sex or whatever. And this is not actually, in my opinion, a bad thing. But it does complicate things a bit. Because now the kink world doesn't only exist for kinksters. It does exist for consumers. And there is virtually no way to tell those two types of people apart. Except for their level of interest in taking classes and how long they stick around. So we do literally, as a result of, again, the combination of things like Fifty Shades and the technology boom, we do have people wandering in who are literally looking for easy hookups, who have no interest in kink. We do have people wandering in who are looking for a Christian Grey. We also have a lot of this on the internet as well. Yeah, we do have people posing as Christian Greys who are taking advantage of newbies, and we also have that rare new dom who assumes they have to be like christian gray Mm -hmm. to be a dominant so 50 shades and the technology boom which i feel like you have to put them together because it kind of happened around the same time it got it got really intense technology started climbing and getting really intense then we've seen several shows or movies or whatever that have been fairly popular whereas before then it was few and far between i think The point is that this has had a real impact on our community and our culture. It has posed real problems, and it's also had real benefits. I want to shift the focus off Fifty Shades now onto bonding, which is a really recent one. Bonding just came out over the past four years or something like that. Bonding had two seasons come out. If you haven't seen Bonding, it's on Netflix. It is beautifully shot. Artistically speaking, (laughs) artistically speaking, it's one of the most beautiful, visually beautiful shows I've ever seen, and it really stood a chance initially of being a very tongue-in-cheek funny take on an outsider coming into kink for the first time and it discovering it the problem is it ended up perpetuating a lot of the worst stereotypes and it ended up making a mockery of kink and turning kink into a spectacle and i was very aware by the end of season two this was made by vanilla people who really did not have true access to the community. The guy who wrote it apparently was in the community for a while, but he was really a spectator who observed and then monetized the kink community. It's very offensive to me, to be honest, that there are vanilla people who monetize the community that I belong to because we are so interesting to look at. It's, it's really no different than queer characters being monetized by straight people who write them because it's funny to have a gay best friend. It's especially unforgivable what happened with bonding in terms of the the the, the turn that took because there's no excuse at this point for people to not do their research on the internet alone or by reading books to discover the real world of kink it's not a mystery anymore it's not like with 50 shades where it may have still been a little hard to find and do research by the time bonding was made and according to the guy who wrote it who apparently had 
and in into the community and had exposure, they should have done a healthier, safer, and more true version of kinksters and not this, uh, you know, all kinksters are abused shit or consent doesn't matter shit or, hey, let's point and laugh the kinkster shit. But you're talking more to the first season, right? Because no. Because the second season was when they tried to the second fix a season, lot of the issues. The second season is when he literally wore a clown nose during the class that he was allowed to join in on. I, I No, I'm I'm not saying there's not still problems in the second season, but there was well and again, we've done a full review on the show. Um the second season did speak to a lot of the major issues because I, of feedback from the kink community. I think what happened with bonding is that the first season had a lot of dangerous things being shown that were literally life threateningly dangerous and God forbid somebody actually copied that behavior and killed someone. In season two, yeah, they got a lot of feedback and they acknowledged the feedback, but they didn't adjust hard enough and they still made a mockery of the learning process and of kinksters. Well, it was still a lot better than the first season. It may have been a lot better, but a lot better, (laughs) in my opinion, is not what we still deserve. If people really want to talk about kinksters, one, they should have kinksters be part of that process. But two, they should do their fucking research. And that's kind of, for me, with the, with the media representation, where I'm starting to lose patience. Maybe it's because I am queer and I've spent my whole life accepting way less than I feel I'm due as a human because I just have to accept that heteronormative culture doesn't accommodate for me. But I am not going to continue to make these excuses just because I know it's the norm. It might be the norm for vanilla people to fetishize us, LOL, hashtag irony. It might be the norm to do that. It might be the norm to misrepresent us and the norm to paint us as abuse victims or abusers or the norm to paint us as freaks that can be laughed at and should be laughed at. Just because that's what's been done doesn't mean it's okay to continue doing it. And I am tired of it. And by the time bonding came out, I think I had so much hope and I was so blown away by some of the amazing writing and some of the amazing like shots of that show. I was more forgiving. Time has passed and I feel less forgiving about it because they could have done better and they should have. And it shouldn't have taken an outcry from the kink community for them to realize they shouldn't show somebody being possibly strangled to death with a rope in their first episode of season one. Like they should not have had to have been told that that was extremely dangerous. Of, Oops. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like, essentially, yeah. We're making excuses for them no, because... I mean, the first, ep- first season was atrocious. Um, I was... So I was thinking a couple of things while you were talking. One, I was kind of expanding out and thinking about how media really misrepresents just about everything. Yes, that's like, true. Like, I was thinking about, like, you know, whenever I see a therapist on a show, I'm like, oh, Lord... That is not realistic. That is not legal. Like, what are they doing? Right? Or like and cops. cops. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I've heard other pr- people in other professions who, when they see their profession represented in a show, they're like, oh, my God, this is so not right. You know? So I was kind of broadening out thinking about how media really just kind of fucks everybody. Um, but I was also thinking that another thing that I think we also reviewed, which is probably why I'm remembering all the things that we've reviewed and not dory-braining them, is – the Conan's P 
piece. That was a really um, good piece. We, yeah. Didn't we, like, give that, like, as high of stars as it could get or close yeah, to? Yeah, that was a pretty good piece. And, again, if you want to – I don't have the information to give right the second, but it is on our YouTube under the uh, the reviews playlist. It's a Conan O'Brien. Um, it's a piece from his show. And, you know, it was – yes, could they have put in a bit more of, like, you know, the negotiation piece? Sure. But also, it was because it was like not act, not actors. Like it was whatever. It was also more assumable. <laughs> Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, assumable. Assumable. I don't and know. Now I'm wondering. <laughs> Let's just keep going. But and is hope that, that more? It was more likely. It was more likely for the audience to assume that there was a negotiation that happened off screen yeah. because they just didn't have the time to show that. Um, because it's, you know, they're doing a tight bit, right? But that was probably, you know, but there were little bits and pieces that gave you hints that that had happened. Um, well, also that was like a 20 minute little thing where Conan O'Brien literally went and talked to a real dominatrix and it wasn't a fantasy being designed. I want to take a stick and (laughs) shove it in the spools of every motorcycle (laughs) that comes around here. I want to like bicycle flip the motorcyclists who are driving by our house right now. We might have listeners who are, you know, who are riders. Stop riding by our house. If you're the (laughs) listeners, stop. Tell your friends to stop. You're so crotchety. I know. Anyways, the point is something, but I don't remember what it was. Conan and fantasy. Yeah, it wasn't Conan O'Brien's like little thing. wasn't a fantasy written by vanilla people. It was actually a real like immersion. Person it was a real immersion a real, yeah. into something that was shown. I feel pretty respectfully. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to mock. It was more. If anything, it was making fun of Conan O'Brien and his discomfort. Yeah. And it was freaking hilarious it was really funny but like he but wasn't not... making fun of kink itself yeah. you know so the tone was very different and it was a really healthy i feel it was a really healthy representation and i think the same can be true of like this what is this whole this whole makeover show that's on now that everyone's talking about like something like how to make a sex room or something yeah this thing about the sex room show like this is mostly pretty harmless i mean kinksters watching it might be like groaning over like how sh- like cheap the the st andrew's cross looks or how like fragile it is or like you might be looking at some of this going like how to build a sex room. how to build a sex room some of it's a little bit like you know funny to watch as a kingster but honestly it's pretty good representation well there are there are things no no no. we have only seen one episode we are planning on actually watching the series and doing an official review so there's that we have only though our opinions right in this moment are only based on one episode yes yes there are problems like her just giving people rope and not showing us in any way that any of the safety issues have been discussed. Like, there's a lot of things that were definitely an issue, which I'm not going to go into right now. But I just wanted to disclaim that. I would that. just say, yes, thank you. I would just say the tone of that show seems to be a lot more positive and kink positive than it does seem to be shaming or making fun of. Sort of. But um, all in all, when we're looking at kink representation I think it's pretty clear that I'm a little bitter about it, but I also understand that the only way to go forward is to keep creating. And I think that what about, you know, you brought up how a really good point, which is that Hollywood and the media in general misrepresents everything. I mean, Supernatural, which is a cool show to watch, (laughs) 
But Supernatural misrepresented so many deities and religions and cultures, it's mind-boggling. It was still a fun show to watch, but I think the issue comes in when the misrepresentation actually damages a culture of marginalized people. You know, and I think that's when it becomes a conversation of yeah. should we change how we're handling this? I don't really necessarily know that I describe therapists as a culture of marginalized people. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and I'm not saying you were saying that. I'm, I'm just no. saying, I'm making that comparison because it's kind of funny to imagine therapists as a marginalized group of like, we're being misrepresented. Ther- therapists unite, you know? Um, I mean, it's only a problem if we end up having a client who sees something, you know, on Lucifer for example. Yeah, that's pretty bad therapy <laughs> Who comes in and is like pretty bad therapy so, behavior. Uh, but like, we can we can have sex though, right? As can I pay the you therapy. with sex? They did it on Lucifer. <laughs> um, but uh, I think for kinksters in particular, and then, you know, there are other marginalized groups too who are constantly pressing for better um, media representation, right? But like, for kinksters, we really are seeing, I think, a revolution in how we're being shown and how we're being perceived. I think there is a push to normalize what we are and what we do. I think it is happening. And I think part of that has to be because kinksters are starting to be more active in their own representation. But I want to make a public call to kinksters who are writers, who are, you know, in the film industry, who are artists of any kind or performers of any kind. I urge you to contribute kink positive art, literature, movies, etc. into the world. Because that is the real way that we will take control of how we are perceived and shown is when we show ourselves. And I understand it might not be super monetizable. I get that, you know, but it's a fight worth fighting. We deserve to see ourselves represented correctly. And that means that we need to take an active hand in representing ourselves. Um, you know, and so to me, that is the good fight when a kinkster is saying, I'm going to use my considerable skills and abilities not only to support myself, but I'm also going to now turn this around and support my community by representing us as not freakish and not perverted, but rather as people. You know, and that's my big, my big request is can we please see a kink story? I don't care who writes it, vanilla, kinkster, otherwise, where kinksters are primarily the focus as humans. And where the human experience is lifted and elevated into the main point and where the kink activities complement that human experience and show how healthy that can be for growth. And the can power we, exchange, not just the kinky yeah. sex and all that. Can we show that? Because that is what I really want to see. I was going to say something and then you kept going and then I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> I've been told that I'm long-winded. Yes. I didn't tell you that. I'm just agreeing. You have told me that. <laughs> I have so. in, 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 in different, in different words, words. <laughs> you're the one who's told me I'm oh, long-winded I was gonna say that as with anything like this it's the baby steps you know yeah. and we are seeing some baby steps I was also gonna say you know like if you're not a writer director movie mogul I don't know if you're movie not mogul <laughs> you're not one of those people <laughs> I think there's also the more kind of grassroots type movement in terms of if you're out, let's say, because I would never say you have to be out if you're kinky, you have to be out as kinky. Um, No, you don't. But if you are out or if you're considering outing yourself to whoever, friends, family, anyone who is, uh, you know, vanilla 
or you think <laughs> is vanilla. Um, you know, if you're comfortable, it's something that I do is I, I try to normalize kink and, and the BDSM world, um, and, and to educate to a degree that they can hear. Um, you know, I, I try to link things that maybe a vanilla friend can relate to. And I try to kind of link that to kink in some way that is not super overwhelming. Um, but where they can understand that it's not just what they see on TV and in movies and such. Um, I think there's, you know, there is that piece that, that we can do. And I think, you know, also people like us who are smaller creators, right? We're not making movies, but you know, there's, we're making pot. We're making pot. We are we're creating orgasms. and there's other people also other kinky creators. Um, the more we get out there as well, the more we are also reaching more people to kind of get that information out there. So there's, there's going to be different paths of baby steps happening. And I think everybody can play a part if you want to. Just tumbling off the heels of that amazing addition. Another baby step would be writing something like fan fiction, which is oh, cost you nothing to do. And you could easily write a fan fiction where you show healthy kink behavior. I read a lot of healthy kink behavior. In you fan said fiction. writers. I know, but fan fiction doesn't, you don't get money from that. So if somebody's writing fan fiction, that's really out of the goodness of their heart. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying like, you could contribute that way. If you don't want to actually like make art, that's meant to be like sold to the public, like for con public consumption. Right. Another thing you could do is if you want to, you can consume kinkster art. You can support your yes, kinkster artists. support your fellow kink well, And what I people. mean by that is like research books that are educational written by kinksters. There's a lot of that out there. Research that and buy that. Like buy those things because you're going to support and reinforce kinksters writing for kinksters. And that's good. So if at the very bare minimum, I would say use your capital and your ability to, to offer support like that. Do that so that you can at least encourage more kinksters to come out and try to produce work you know but yeah that's kind of our, our hot take on kink representation in the media sorry i got a little bit heated i always really hate the feeling of of being deliberately or accidentally misrepresented over and over again um i think on a positive note like thank god we're seeing representation and as hard as it can be to channel and like deal with the amount of people who come into the scene because they get, you know, 50 sheets of gray stuck in their head. We are getting more kinksters here and we are hopefully helping normalize this idea that it's okay to be connected to your desires and your wants and your sexual drives. That is my hope is that the vanilla culture comes into contact with the kink culture in a way where it stops being frightening and it starts being eye-opening or broadening. And I realize like I'm painting the kink culture in this sense as like, some sort of uber positive thing. There are definitely some negative things in the kink culture and problematic stuff that we have and will talk about. But I'm simply saying that one thing the kink community does hopefully pretty well, right, is allow you to explore your desires and your wants without boundaries really in place beyond consent and safety. And I think that that mindset is what I hope the vanilla world, you know, adopts from us as they start to learn more and more about us and encounter us in media. 
Yeah, my theory is that if people are open-minded enough, everyone could find something in the kink world that they could enjoy or be interested in. Well, the now, key words there are with an open mind, right? Now you're just going for the throat on this one. This is I, like you're going, you're reaching my for theory. the gold. My th- I have met vanilla peeps that I have accidentally converted um, <laughs> who thought that they were vanilla and was like, oh, and when they realized the reality of this world and the things that it offers and the, the playground that it is and can be, that when you realize it doesn't have to be only the hardcore shit that is represented in the media, that there absolutely can be something for everyone. So I guess the bottom line, as I'm saying, is everybody's really kinky. It's just a matter if they've discovered it and are willing to look at it yet. Yeah, on a, a, so long as cuddling platonically with people who are not your partner is kinky, you better believe there's something here for everybody. There is literally something here <laughs> for everybody. Um, and on that note, we're going to go ahead and oh, end and, today's well, And episode. on that note, too, oh. I mean, I don't mean to say that to, like, water down kink. And, like, then then we get into the whole conversation of, like, does that mean that we're actually the mainstream and vanilla? Like, uh, forget it. Never mind. Don't, now my brain just went in a whole different direction. Yeah, and, you, you just, like, paradoxed yourself I for know, a second. I know. Um, we can at some point discuss... <laughs> what constitutes as kinky what doesn't and whether or not we do want the kink culture to be broadened to mainstream many would argue no we do not some would be it's like a hard yeah, conversation though i've seen people try to have that conversation it is very difficult to figure out where is the line well, of let's, kinky versus vanilla let's throw that know? into the bin of what we want to talk about and let's let's confront yeah. that very difficult and topic also, another time y'all tell us you know, do what you, you have a hear. definition? Do you have a definition for what is, you know, what is considered kinky or vanilla? Like, well, hold on for you're, you. You're throwing that out at the end of an episode about media coverage. I know, but I just want to know all the things. It's okay. We're nosy and we want to know what you think. <laughs> we also want to know what you thought of this podcast. So please leave a review below because according to our research, well, it's if, not below. That's YouTube. It's, I don't know. Leave rate and review. Rate and review. However that is on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. We're going to put a closing <laughs> at the end of this, but I just want to say extra. We really want to be able to reach as many people as possible. And the best way to help us do that is to oh, yeah. review us. So, We're part of the media now. Here's a way for you to help get media Well, if that's not super manipulative <laughs> and slightly exploitative, I don't know what is. Um, we don't necessarily need your money, but your review costs you only a little bit of time and goes a very long way for us. So please consider reviewing. Um, and we friends. will tell your friends. Um, we will see you next time here no. at Kate. We, we will hear them. you. They'll hear us. You'll hear. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> You'll hear us next time on K is for Kinky podcast. Yeah. Out. Every time. There it is again. Bye. There it is. Later. How many times <laughs> are you going to get the last word? When you stop talking. <laughs> You're an asshole. I love you. Yep. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>